Right, time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. To start with the breaking news here, so Premier David Eby announcing the groundbreaking on a new Surrey hospital, or I guess Again. re-announcing? Again. How, how many times has this oh, been announced? If you now? go back through both governments, I mean, this it seems to be a rite of passage for politicians to go out to Surrey and announce a new hospital yeah. or a yeah. hospital expansion. This one, they do say it's the biggest um, uh, one in south of the Fraser ever. Yeah. But the price tag is um, higher than ever. The um, you're going to have you had that doctors rally last week. Doctors are already flagging that you know predicting there's going to be problems with this new facility. I don't think there's an ICU um, there, but there is an emergency room. So it's okay. a second emergency room for Siri. But these things seem to go. You know, there's a there's a business plan. There, there's a plan. There's a business plan. Uh, then there's groundbreaking, and we're not at the groundbreaking as far as I know yet. And then the cost goes up. So if we take well, a look at the, the price cost, tag on this. It's interesting. The cost on a number of projects yeah. uh, have ballooned. So Cowichan Valley Hospital, just north of Victoria, has basically doubled yeah. in estimate. There's one in the northern interior that's um, gone back to tender because it's just coming in too expensive. And now this one is ballooning as well. St. Paul's is going to come in higher. Uh, a lot of capital projects, particularly what are called horizontal pro- projects, which is you know building uh, stories, are coming in at higher costs. So even at the legislature here, there's a bunch of capital projects uh, to fix the stairs, to put in fire escapes. There's been a delay in in two of the fire escapes here because there's no steel. Oh, wow. There's there's And the the cost of steel has increased. Mm -hmm. So the cost of construction, it's one thing to say it's going to cost X. It's probably going to cost X. X, 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 and that's what we're seeing with Surrey Memorial. So one of the original price tag estimates on this new Surrey Hospital, $1.72 billion. That has now gone to $2.8 billion. so a more than a $1 billion increase. This is even before construction even starts. So you've got the BC United Party targeting that, saying this is a billion bucks over, over budget before a shovel is even in the ground, and also saying this is just a re-announcement. Yeah, but, you know, this has been a political fight and political football for years here. And the government will retort that the Liberals sold the land that yeah. the hospital is supposed to yeah. be on, yeah. right? So this is this is going to be the back and forth between the NDP and BC United or whoever. And, again, it's the politics of Surrey and Surrey Hospital, the health care facility is very sensitive, very political uh, in the crosshairs. Surrey is um, one of the fastest-growing municipalities in the entire country. It's also one of the fastest-aging municipalities in the entire country. The number of people over the age of 80 in Surrey is going to be 250% over what it is now, um, uh, about seven years from now. And those are the people that need health care. So the the pressure on the system in Surrey is only going to grow, and I don't think this hospital can be built fast enough to meet that demand. Yeah, for sure. Get set to call me on that one. If you live in Surrey, tell me how you feel about how badly needed another hospital is there. Let's talk about the maximum allowable rent increase next year in the province of British Columbia. So we're looking at 3.5% is the maximum rent hike next year. So let's listen to Premier David Eby making that announcement yesterday. We're balancing both the realities faced by renters of uh, of increasing costs on many fronts, as well as the realities faced by landlords of many uh, increasing costs and their perhaps decision not to continue renting uh, if they don't uh, see some recognition of the fact that they're seeing increased costs as well. Okay, landlords, though, already complaining that the, the maximum allowable rent hike is still not high enough to cover their costs. Well, so they say. 
Oh, you don't believe it? Well, I don't think landlords necessarily have automatic costs that go up every single year. A lot of the landlords... Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on a second here. What about insurance and and property taxes? I've been been a landlord. Repairs. I have a suite in my basement. I've been a landlord. It's pure gravy. I pay insurance anyways. I pay repairs anyways, whether a tenant lives in my basement or not. Now, there are other landlords who, you know, carry a big nut on their mortgage, and they need that increase for sure. Uh, so I have some sympathy for them, but not all landlords are the same. And I've had some pretty bad experiences with family members being cheated out of out of some pretty horrendous situations, particularly students who go to university. Some of the landlords who prey on students, uh, before we had those, remember those rent evictions? And sure. people would get evicted every three months so the landlord could jack up the rent yeah. by double digits. Yeah. So thankfully those days are over. But no, I'll take the tenants right now. And again, three and a half percent. You go back six years ago. If you were hit with a three and a half percent rent increase, you go, you'd be outraged. You'd be outraged. Yeah. Like, what is this? Three and a half percent is like crazy. So three and a half percent is well, that was before inflation. Yeah, and inflation's down now. I mean, yeah. it is. It, it varies from you know month to month. Bank of Canada didn't raise the insurance, the bank, the uh, prime interest rate because they felt insurance had come down. Yeah. Interesting. But uh, governments are, are under pressure, I think, everywhere to hold the line on some of these rent increases. So public sentiment, I don't think, is going to be on the side of line. But if you take a look at like the exploding number of Airbnb units in Vancouver and beyond, yeah. you know, it, there's evidence there that a lot of landlords have said, you know what, I'm just fed up this with this regulation. I can make a lot more money just renting and this thing out on Airbnb. Exactly. And Housing Minister Ravi Kalan's dropped some pretty broad hints. We're seeing legislation this fall in the yeah. House to deal with Airbnbs. So I think yeah. there's going to be some curbs on Airbnbs as well. But, of course, the landlords will always say, and I, I know we're going to get calls on this, and, and people will say, you know what, with with this government meddling here, I, I'm out of here. I'm just not going to rent the place out anymore. I'm sick of it. Well, some will say that, but if you can make money, you're going to rent it. Yeah. And a lot of them are making money. And you're going to see governments, it's not just the NDP, you're going to see, you know, Pierre Polyev's going to come in with some rules, the conservative government that's going to be meddling in the marketplace. Uh, and that's an, that's a conservative party. So you're going to see governments meddling in the marketplace to protect renters. Let's t- let's uh, t- uh, update the listeners on the announcement yesterday from EB on a, a task force on climate-related emergencies in British Columbia. So we've seen the wildfires, we've seen the droughts. Here's EB speaking yesterday. The goal here with the task force is that we get those independent voices outside of government uh, that assist us in identifying what we can be doing better but that that work is integrated with the public service, with the wildfire service, with the emergency response teams. Well, the jury's out on this. I mean, okay, it's not a review. It's an ongoing, you know, 12-month task force. But we'll see how it works. And there's already criticism that it's not going to be using the the proper resources. Right, People aren't going to be consulted. No names have surfaced yet. We don't know who's going to be on the task force. We don't exactly know how it's going to work. So it has to be more than a review, a review of just all the damage we've had as we discussed yesterday, we already had two big reviews. Right. And you could criticize governments, both governments, the Liberals, the former Liberal government and the current NDP for not acting fast enough with these recommendations that yeah. come from reviews. So there has to be, I think there's a uh, consensus, there has to be more proactive work before the disasters occur. The other thing EB disclosed yesterday, they are interested in really expanding uh, a model similar to Australia yeah. about bringing in volunteers and we saw a bit of that in the shoe swap near the end of the shoe swap fire s- situation where volunteers, locals, were hired, were brought on as volunteers. As Volunteer firefighters? Them. Yeah, and make yeah. that a, a consistent force um, and basically modeled on the Australian model, which has, you know, everyone knows their own unique 
forest fire, wildfire season. They've got eucalyptus trees that are particularly susceptible to massive forest fires. You can go back a couple of years, those heart-rending images of koala bears <laughs> yeah. coming out of the trees and tugging oh. on firefighters' pants for water, oh, that type of thing. So Australia's got their own, and we actually had a bunch of Australians in BC fighting yep. fires and lending their expertise. So the wildfire response is going to change. All right, Baldry's beat. The phone lines are open. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. Let's go to Peter in Surrey. Hi, Peter. Go ahead. Yeah, hey there. You know, I got a little bit of a problem, Keith, the way you were talking about landlords preying on people and everything. You know, there's a lot of people that have a rental, like little guys, just trying to make a buck here and that. I sold one of my rentals because I was getting killed on it. I'm probably going to sell another and the people will move in and kick the renter out because my expenses, my strata fees are up $85 a month. My property taxes are up $65 a month. Everything else has gone up. I'm putting in thousands and thousands, plus my tenants flooded the floor and it cost me $8,000 to put a new floor in. So for you to say landlords are preying on people, well, that's a really unfair and it's a really biased opinion. I say There's that a lot of some, good- some landlords are, and I said not all landlords are the same. And I do, I mean, that's a terrible situation, but it's also unrealistic to think you're going to, over time, have a sustained situation where you're going to raise rent 7% a year. That's just not sustainable. Now, you could argue that, and I'm still waiting for some of the parties to make a big play here and step in and start subsidizing rents. I think that's something you're going to see governments under pressure. I wonder if the Trudeau government, who's under enormous pressure to change the channel as they flounder in the polls, are they going to come out with a program that basically isn't just a rebate, but is an actual okay. ability to subsidize rents. Okay, Peter, you still there? I'm still here. Yeah. Okay. How how much is your how much of your input cost gone up? Would you say on a percentage basis? Like next year, you'll be able to raise the rent three point five percent. Does that cover your costs? Probably seventeen percent. Whoa. Well, you're not going to be able to raise rent seventeen percent and expect tenants to hang in there if you're paying three thousand dollars a month. It's Sorry. the way you. It's the way you put things sometimes. That you, you know, landlords are are. I've earned my money. I, I borrowed money to buy a place to hopefully invest a little bit, and now I'm putting in thousand dollars. Another place, I lost a tenant. Got I sold the tenant got kicked out, and the owner moved in. So how does that help for people either? My only point is, is watch your words. There's a lot of good landlords that are getting killed. Sure, I was a good not landlord. Not fair to landlords either. I was a good landlord. I've been a good landlord to twenty different people over the years. And they like keep coming back because I'm a good landlord. There are great landlords, but there I've experienced there are some who are not. Peter, thank you for the call. Dave in Surrey. Hi, Dave. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, thanks. Uh, Beyond Mike, uh, we comment also about the hospital, the need of the hospital. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, I mean the the new Canadians, let's say, coming into the country, maybe maybe there should be a fee of infrastructure upgrade fee. So uh, we can help pay for this mm. because the need is mainly because of the expanding city and the immigration. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think the need is driven by a few things. You're right, perfectly right, to look at uh, population increase. A lot of it fueled by immigration. Um, the premiers are putting pressure on Ottawa to step up with more money that flows from the uh, pressures brought by immigration. That's two, three areas in particular, health care big increase in utilization. Right now, uh, as of last week, we had about 9,700 beds filled. At this time of year, it's usually 9,000. So those 700, an extra 700 people are in hospital, many of them in Surrey, where the growth is, because of rising population, but also an aging, a rapidly aging population. 
And then you throw in things, seasonal illnesses, COVID's kicking in early, so that's putting people in hospital to slight numbers as well. But you talk about an infrastructure fee. The premiers are pressuring Ottawa to come up with something just like that. They've got to come up with some sort of money that flows to the provinces to deal with the impact of a huge increase in immigration. This could be a key election issue yep. going forward for sure. Let's break some news here right now. Tell me about the news release you're looking at right now. It's just yeah, come out so from the BC United Party here. Kevin Falcon, I think, is on the steps of the one of the Vancouver courthouses saying, a news release tackling crime on a number of fronts. Well, the one that jumps out at me, and they've been talking about this and hinting about this for a while. Now they've come out and said it. End the NDP's failed and reckless decriminalization of illicit drugs. Oh, so, so they would go. so they would recriminalize well, drug possession? Well, he wasn't taking questions, apparently, according to the news release yesterday. So there's going to be follow-up interviews. Presumably, that's going to be one of the questions. What would replace that? Yeah. Now, he also says, put an end to the NDP's decriminalization of illicit drugs and a complete ban on open drug use in parks, playgrounds, beaches, and public spaces. Yeah. Well, well that's we a no-brainer they no should have done months ago. And we're going to see a uh, bill on, or some sort of le- uh, regulation or legislation on playground stuff in the fall. But it's interesting, put an immediate end to the NDP's decriminalization of illicit drugs. The, even the NDP has softened its position. David Eby, last legislative session, referred to it for the first time after feeling some pressure about decriminalization not working entirely the way it's supposed to, referring to it as an experiment. So is the we'll see where the NDP moves on decriminalization. But I think decriminalization is not working the way it was supposed to work. The yeah. BC United, after hinting at this, even though they were on side of that all-party committee yeah. and did back it, their point since then, while the safeguards that are supposed to be in place, the guardrails, so to speak, are not there. Therefore, they're starting to question it today. That's the first reference I've seen um, very clear that it's just a time – uh, they're now calling for an end to decriminalization. That's, that is very interesting, and I'll, I'll have Kevin Falcon on the yeah. show tomorrow, by the no, way, so just a heads up it, for the listeners. It's very interesting, and, and uh, it's it's going to be an interesting yeah. public response because I do think they're picking up on something, that there is public dissatisfaction and frustration. Well, for sure, because you know the idea of decriminalization was to remove the stigma of drug use. More people would come forward and get help, and that the overdose, de- the overdose death rate would go down. The opposite has happened. The overdose death rate is going up since they brought in decrim nine months ago. And the whole thing about public drug use in parks and playgrounds, like, I just can't no. believe they still haven't done anything on that nine months no, later. That, as you said, that's a no-brainer. And hopefully yeah. we, the session begins in October, and hopefully we see some movement yeah. or some sort of action on that front. Squeeze in one more call. Dave in Surrey. Dave, you got 30 seconds here. Oh, Tammy in Surrey. Hi, Tammy. Go ahead. Hi. Thank you, Mike. Um, sure. About Surrey Hospital. Yeah. The announcement for the announcement for the announcement. We cannot yeah. afford this. It's ridiculous. Where will the workers come from? Mm. The shiny penny will attract from Peace Arch, Delta, Langley. All those hospitals will lose because they want to go to the best and the biggest and the brightest. And there's mm. no appetite from donors. The rising population is not in this location. You mean you mean healthcare workers will want to work at the new hospital? Is that your oh, point? Absolutely. Yeah. New equipment, new technology. It's going to attract, like, like pull from Surrey Hospital. Yeah. Surrey Hospital is where we need the help. Cardiac, women's health. Okay. None of those issues. Th- thank you for the call. Yeah, I haven't heard, Ten that, seconds. heard that particular criticism of workers shifting. It's that not like you can necessarily go on your own volition from one hospital to another. You, you have to be go through a hiring process. But uh, interesting. 911. 911. What's your emergency? Ah! Ah, I'm on a cruise ship. Ah, there was an explosion. Oh my God! The ship is sinking. I can't get out. There's water everywhere. We're going down. I've got a lock on your location. Stay with me. Hurry! Hurry
Are you there? Help is on the way. Angela Bassett and Peter Krause return in an all-new season of 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.